This morning as we pray, we are going to lift up those families that I mentioned earlier that have been affected by COVID as we are seeing a new outbreak and spike in cases and we are seeing uh, results of more severe cases, not only in the world, but especially in our own community. We want to be able to lift up those families that are experiencing that. We also want to lift up our medical workers and other people who are placed in uh, direct exposure to that every day. So would you join me as we pray for God's protection on them? God, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to lift up others. God, even in the midst of our own lives and even in the middle of our own situations and problems and experiences, we have the ability to come to your presence out of peace and out of hope and the ability to lift up other people. As this pandemic is still spreading around our world and has affected families and countries and communities, God, we ask that you would intervene on the behalf of those that have experienced this sickness. God, we ask that you would be with the families that have lost a loved one, that the families that are still hanging in the balance as they do not know the outcome of those that they have loved and those that they have cared for as they are uh, battling this sickness. We ask for the medical professionals that seek to treat them and to bring them back to wellness and to comfort, for the medical professionals that seek to find a cure or a treatment to help lessen the effects. God, we know that in all things that you are victorious and we know that in all things you are faithful. So we ask that as the great healer and as the great creator that you would intervene in these families lives in these individuals lives and we ask that as the church you would help us to be faithful in speaking hope and speaking peace and God explaining to the world that even in the middle of all of these things that you are still God that you still love us and that your son Jesus Christ still died on the cross God let us be that message of peace and that light to the world so that other people even in the midst of this pandemic will find hope in the life of your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray all these things in your precious and holy son's name as we pray those words that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So it's the week before Thanksgiving. It's the week before we begin Advent. And as I was thinking about what we could talk about today to kind of sum up our series on Thanksgiving and to kind of sum up uh, the year that we've had in general... Um, I thought I would just list out a a list of things that I'm thankful for, and I would talk about all the things uh, that I'm grateful that God has done in my life, uh, not only in the last year and a half, but overall in the the 37 years that I've been here on earth. And I very quickly realized that'd be a very long list, and uh, while I would be talking about being thankful, you'd be thinking about buffets or lunch or things like that, and then you would not be thankful for me. So um, I figured the best course of action would be to hopefully sum up all the things that I feel and I have seen God doing over the last year and a half to get us where we are. And one of the things that I want to do 
is try to take all the things that we have talked about uh, the entire year, our holiness series, our series on, on sin and understanding sin, our series on giving thanks for the basic tenets of our faith. And I wanted to try and sum those up today to help us understand that all the things that God has been doing in our midst and through the members of our church over this past year are for a purpose. And I believe wholeheartedly uh, that God has been working even through this pandemic and even through our time apart as a church and even through all the changes and things that we've had to experience in order to do something even bigger in 2021. And so just to give you a little uh, update of me personally, some things that I have seen God doing and some thankfulness uh, that I have I have seen God doing. And so uh, a year and a half I moved to town uh, as a single dad, two kids, new church, new community, all those things like that. Uh, and immediately I saw uh, a difference in the people of this church than most churches. Uh, before I even got out of the moving truck, you, uh, many of you were trying to uh, set me up with Whitney before I even knew who you were. Uh, and as you will see now, I have this uh, beautiful ring here, uh, and I have uh, the rest of my life that I get to spend with her. So that was, that was phenomenal in and of itself, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but it didn't stop there. Um, even through the midst of this pandemic, y'all have done amazing things, and it is nothing short of what God has been doing, um, and I'm thankful for that, and I will tell you why. When I was growing up, uh, the church that I went to, and I've told you about this several times, uh, did a phenomenal job of showing me what it meant to be a disciple, what it meant to be a community of faith, uh, and what it meant to be a family of believers. And uh, the one thing I have always wanted in a church is that type of feeling, that type of atmosphere. You see, those people that taught me Sunday school, that did Bible study, that took youth trips and chaperoned uh, events and things like that, those are the people that I think of when something good happens in life, and I want to call them and tell them about it. Those are the people that I call and ask to pray for me when something is going on. Those are the people that I wonder if I have made proud. You know, those are the people that I call when I need them to pray about what's going on here in the life of the church. I write letters to their churches that they go to now to say, hey, here's what's happening in the life of our church. Would you be praying for this or would you be aware of that? And so I have always wanted that kind of atmosphere in a church. And being in the Methodist world, that's sometimes hard to get because we move a little bit. And even though you're in a church sometimes for years, there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect between the community and the pastor because, you know, it's almost like everybody knows, well, they won't be here forever. So we'll, we'll work together, but one day they're moving on and we just have to be okay with that. But when I got here, that was not the case. And over the last year and a half, I will tell you, that I have probably seen closer to that type of family that I wanted. And I believe wholeheartedly that a lot of that happened as a result of this virus that has broken out. And a lot of it has happened as a result of us not being able to continue on the things that we normally consider church. And here's why. When we do the same thing week in and week out, and when we get to do the same thing over and over and over, it becomes habit. And before we know it, we're doing it because we know we're supposed to do it. And we don't really think about the reason why we get to do it. But this year, everything that we have got to do has had meaning behind it. We've understood the importance of calling those people that we usually see on Sundays and checking on them. 
We've understood the importance of getting on our knees and praying for our community and our world because we see this real and present danger. We've understood the need to um, invest and support our ministries because right now they're critical. Our backpack ministry and food ministry is critical. The things that we do to help out our public school systems are critical. Our presence in the community, the voice that we have, the way that we act is critical now in in the midst of our community. And I'm thankful, honestly, that all of these things have happened this year because what I have seen is I have seen people in our church step up in ways that I honestly don't think they would have had things gone the way that they normally would. On Wednesday nights, we have people teaching Bible school and teaching uh, teaching Sunday school and things like that um, that they haven't done so in several years. But somebody asked them to do it, and they stepped forward, and they did that. We have people coming up here to the church and volunteering and do wonderful, amazing things. So growing up, the church that I went to had this church camp. And the highlight of my year every year was spending three weeks at Victory Bible Camp. It's eight eight miles past the middle of nowhere in Carthage, Arkansas. You know where Carthage is at. Just head out into the woods about eight miles and you'll be there. Um, and I loved it every summer. I loved going out there with no air conditioning and no, uh, fans or anything. You had to prop the windows open and hope that there was a breeze blowing that night so you could sleep. And I loved the open air tabernacle with the sawdust floors and the mosquitoes and the snakes. And I loved that place, not because of all of those things, but because it was in that place that I could feel the presence of God. And I knew that the Spirit of God was there. And when we would sing songs and when we would read His Word, it, it was though He was there in our midst. It was at Victory Bible Camp that I felt that God was calling me into ministry. And I answered that call to go to Australia. And as I've told you, Australia was where I made that commitment to go into ministry. It was at Victory Bible Camp where I saw several of my friends uh, make a profession of faith. It was at Victory Bible Camp where I learned so many things about what it means to be a disciple and what it means to have a faith that is evident, that is seen, that is part of the character of who you are. But one of the things that I think I loved the most about Victory Bible Camp, and I knew it was time to be at camp, was sitting in that open-air tabernacle across the top of the stage, said, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And I knew every summer, every time we went to Victory Bible Camp, and I saw that, that we were at camp. That it was about to be good, that we were going to experience something awesome and wonderful. And for the next few days, whatever happened in the rest of the world didn't matter. One, because we were so busy doing stuff. Two, because you didn't have cell phones, you didn't have reception, you didn't have TV. You didn't know what was going on, so it didn't matter. But I love Victory Bible Camp, and so... When I think about what it means to have a faith family, what it means to be a community of believers, those relationships are what I think of. And over the last year and a half, I have seen that. I have seen the way that you have encouraged one another, that you have admonished one another, the way that you've held each other accountable and you've pushed forward uh, people in faith. We've done some amazing things this year, even despite... Uh, the COVID virus and having to change so much about who we are. One of the other things that I am amazed at and I'm humbled by is the fact that we have a whole month to go before the end of the year and we are 8% away from meeting our budget. Y'all, that's unheard of in a normal good year. For that to happen in a year like this uh, is nothing short of proof that God is preparing us to do something amazing and wonderful in 2021. And so I am thankful and excited to be a part of that. 
So like I said, what I want to try and do is I want to try and sum up where we've been throughout this whole year and the things that we've talked about to help us to understand that next week as we start Advent, we're not starting the last month of the year, but what we are doing is we're actually beginning the Christian year. Each year the church has a year and it starts at Advent. And so we are gearing up for a whole new year of ministry, a whole new year of being the hands and feet in Wynn, Arkansas, and a whole new year of being the light in the darkness, of being the hope in the midst of hopelessness and peace in the midst of chaos. And I think God is going to do something amazing and wonderful. So I want us to think about all the things that we've talked about this year, about God's holiness, about the presence of sin, about the understanding of the Holy Spirit, uh, about you know, being thankful for the very things in our life that make us who we are, the things of our faith that make us who we are. And what we will see is that there is a story that God is writing throughout all of creation. And once we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we find ourselves part of the story. And then we begin to realize that the entirety of God working in and through humanity... Uh, is this story, the story about a creator and what happened in the middle of creation. So the story is actually about the presence of that creator, the one who created humanity to experience his goodness, his loving kindness, his blessings, all the good things that we think of about God. That is why God created humanity. But then something happened in the midst of that creation that took that presence of God away. And we learned that in our holiness series when we learned that God doesn't smite people and God doesn't uh, kill people just because they're sinful people. But because God is a holy and a perfect God, anything that is not perfect in His presence will die because it cannot exist. Life, A sinful life cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. So we learn about this fall of sin and how it equals death and how this death is actually the loss of God's presence. So that's how you could sum up the whole of death is the absolute absence of God's presence. God is no longer there if death exists, right? You'd agree with that? Okay. So we learned that sin, however, was not necessarily what we always think about. So often in the church, when we talk about sin, we immediately have thoughts of mean people, of bad deeds or things like that, or transgressions against God. But in reality, sin is anything where we choose the absence of God rather than the presence of God. And it's that simple. It doesn't have to be malicious. It doesn't have to be evil. It doesn't have to be violent. It means that for ourselves, we choose something other than what God said we are supposed to have. And so what that does is that really indicts everybody in all of creation. And we've learned that through scripture. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, right? And so we've learned that here. But we see something special in the story of God throughout scripture. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that every time God interacts with people, he has a purpose. That is to redeem his people and to restore his presence among them. Throughout every situation in the Old Testament, all it takes is somebody to say, God, we need you. God, save us. And God comes to the rescue each and every time to restore those people and to dwell among those people. And then, of course, in the New Testament, we see through the work of Christ that the whole point 
is to allow people to experience the goodness of God, to restore what brokenness and what sin had taken away. So as we think about being thankful, as we think about rejoicing in what God has done, we can look at this story and we can realize that God has a purpose and God has a goal, and that is to restore and redeem all of humanity. So in the Old Testament, it says that the Spirit of God came down and dwelled among humanity in this place called the Holy of Holies. You remember that? And we've talked about the temple in the Old Testament. So there was this place in the temple that uh, Moses and the Israelites constructed where only the presence of God could be. And if you will remember, there was this great ritual that the priests had to go through once a year in order to enter in that holy holy and to offer sacrifices. And if you remember, we talked about he had to tie bells around his waist and he had to tie a rope around his ankle. And what that taught us is that if Jeffrey the priest was not holy and had not atoned for all of his sins and he walked into that holy of holies and those bells quit ringing, it meant that the guys knew to start pulling that rope because he had died in the presence of a holy God. So throughout the Old Testament, the importance of God being in this holy of holies was essential for God's people to realize that God was with them, that God was leading them, and God was guiding them. Well, there was that period there in the Old Testament where it says that the Spirit of God left the people. It went up into the clouds, and God resided with His people no more. And for the next uh, little while, we know that the people of God were just there, that God had withdrawn Himself from His people. But as we're going to begin looking at next week when we start Advent, a moment came in which God would return to his people. But it would not be into this place of the Holy of Holies, but yet it would happen on that night that we celebrate for Christmas where a baby would be born. Where the prophecies of these Old Old Testament prophets would be fulfilled and this child would come to live this life and to die on the cross And to three days later, raise again, defeating death once and for all. And if you will remember that moment when Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. That the temple that once separate, or the, the curtain in the temple that separated the holy from holies tore from top to bottom. And what that signifies for us is that God's presence had returned to the midst of his people. But it would not be solely in the holy of holies set apart from the world. But Jesus said it would be established in the heart of believers. And that through the giving of the Holy Spirit, God's presence would once again dwell in the midst of a sinful, or a sin, sinful world and a sinful humanity. And so for us, we can rejoice and we can give thanks for that. And Jesus said this, he said that when people gather for worship, that the Holy of Holies would be present. That the very presence of God would be available for all to see. Timothy Tennant, the um, president of Asbury Seminary, would say this. He would say that in the presence in the community of God's people, the ones who are filled with God's presence or God's spirit, Jesus will be seen by the world. And that's something for us to think about. Over this past year as we think and consider all the things that God has done. What has our community seen in us? What has our world seen in us? As you think about the life that you have lived over the last year, has the presence of Jesus Christ been seen by the world? We have something to give thanks over. And I wanted to share with you a passage out of Psalm chapter 107. 
And I think the psalmist here does a phenomenal job of explaining what thankfulness looks like. So if you would um, listen to me or read with me, Psalm chapter 107. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? If so, then speak out. Tell others that He has redeemed you from your enemies, and that He has gathered the exiles from many lands, from the east, the west, the north, and the south. Even though some people have wandered into the wilderness apart from God, lost and homeless, they were hungry and thirsty and nearly died. But yet they cried out, Lord, help! And in their time of trouble, He rescued them from their distress. And He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. So let His praise for the Lord be great, for the love and the wonderful things that He has done for them. He satisfies the thirsty and He fills the hungry with good things. And then He goes on to talk about other situations in which people had turned from God. People had experienced life apart from God. And he says, but even in their brokenness, they cried out, Lord, help. And God returned and he brought them out of where they were and he set them in a new place. And for you and I, we can rejoice because we know that was the work of Jesus Christ. When we were lost and hungry, when we were in sin and we didn't have the things that we needed to experience real life. Not physical food, but the spiritual nourishment by which we were created to have. When we were wandering and thirsty and we didn't have those waters, those living waters to refresh us. We can rejoice because of the work that Jesus Christ has done. But listen to what the psalmist says. He said, give thanks to the Lord. Because He is good and His loving kindness endures forever. And has the Lord redeemed you? If so, then speak out. You see, I believe that is where God is leading us in 2021. I believe that is where God is moving the life of this church. And this is where God is going to move the hearts of us as its members. I am so thankful that over this past year, we've had several people join the church. Several active members who have already contributed to the life and to the ministries that we have here. I'm thankful that we've had four young people over the last couple of months make a profession of faith, saying that they believe the work that Jesus Christ did on their behalf and they want to give their life for His purpose. That's not a small thing. And to be honest with you, we exist for nothing else than outcomes just as that. So my challenge for you is this. As you think about setting your goals for 2021, as you think about who you're going to be, and as you think about what this church is going to be in 2021, I want you to hang on to these words here. If the Lord has redeemed you, then speak out. Tell others that He has redeemed you from your enemies, that He has gathered you and He has gathered many as exiles from foreign lands. And through the work of Jesus Christ, we are no longer susceptible to the death and the effects of sin. But we have been given life and we have been given life abundantly. So let us rejoice. Let us give thanks. And this week as we are spending time with loved ones or this week as we are spending time at home, let us rejoice. Because God has done amazing things this past year. He has given us the victory in so many ways, despite so many things that stand against us. And He's preparing us to do even more. So let's rejoice and let's be filled with goodness and let's be filled with joy at what He is going to do in our midst. Would you join me as I pray? 
Father God, we thank You that through the life of Your Son, Jesus Christ, we can experience Your presence once again. God, we know that You created all of humanity for something more than just existing. For something more than just making it through another day or making it through another week or making it through the next situation. But God, you created each one of us to experience your love, to experience your blessings, to experience your power. And God, we know that even though sin took that away, and even though we live in the midst of a broken and a fallen world because of your son, Jesus Christ, and because of your Holy Spirit, we can still experience life with you. God, I pray over each person that is here today for the walk that they have had in their faith over this past year, whether it has been one that has grown exponentially or whether it has been one that has barely hung on. We can sit here today victorious knowing that sin has been defeated through the work of your son, Jesus Christ. God, we can rejoice in knowing that the members of ours that have passed on to be with you in heaven have been victorious over life. And they are sitting with everything that they have dreamed of and everything that they have hoped for and lived for being fulfilled in your presence. So God, I ask that as we get ready for the next year of life and the next year of being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in this community, in this world, God, that we would be thankful for your presence. That as we think of the way that you have redeemed us, we would shout with joy. That through our actions and through our words, the light and the presence of Jesus Christ would be felt by those around us. And God, that everywhere we go, we would leave people full of your spirit because it is alive and full in us. God, we rejoice because of your goodness for us. And we pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His loving kindness endures forever. May the Lord be your strength and your song, for He has given you the victory over sin and death. Let the stone that the builders rejected become the cornerstone of your life, and may you realize that this is the Lord's doing, and let it be marvelous in your eyes. I tell you, rejoice, for this is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And may you be blessed as you leave this building in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.